Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists, to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank. Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. The saga of Winchester has ended, with Mudbutt gifting his powers to Alan and fading into the afterlife. Reginald swore his soul to Baba Yaga and saved Quinny's life, and Quinny used his hell powers to help slaughter Igneous Plantier, which wounded the seemingly invulnerable Captain Plantier. What could our heroes possibly face in the future? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. So it has been a few days since the party left New Winchester, and the under kind of the um, bittersweet cloud of uh, the passing of King Mudbutt and uh, the sort of gaining of new powers and new friendships, uh, you begin to make your way in the world. Um, You have set out, um, again, with a vague sense of direction, vague sense of where you're going, but it is a long trek uh, kind of back to the lands uh, you know. and unfortunately for the dum-dums, uh, you have a lot of pressing matters that, that are, are kind of weighing on, on your consciences uh, individually. Um, it's a, with so much going on, it's actually a bit of a frosty couple days, I think. Um, there's sort of a day of, of contemplation as everyone kind of uh, regroups and, and kind of resettles after uh, the events of the bachelor party. Um, certainly being faced with Captain Plantier for the first time is an unpleasant new sensation. Um, 
but as with with any secrets or ill feelings, uh, it doesn't take long for things to start to bubble over. So there have been uh, a number of kind of biting comments, offhanded words, um, as I think everyone kind of gives each other space, but things are starting to come to a head as as the party pulls into um, a small village um, uh, just called Watch. Um, and uh, as you kind of um, take up residence in uh, the local tavern, it's, it's actually a fairly large tavern. You get the sense that Watch is... Um, pre the foundation of New Winchester, kind of a nice junction point uh, along the road. So small uh, in the Witcher video games, this would be where you go to get a couple contracts, play like two hands of Gwent and then kind of be on your way. Um, So not a big town by any stretch, Um, a couple farms nearby, um, but uh, the inn is um, fairly large. so um, two stories, um, all the rooms are kind of on the upper floor. Main floor is held for kind of a big um, eating and drinking hall. There's a small stage, um, a, sort of a large central bar, um, like you see in university towns, um, so people can kind of approach it from all sides. Um, and uh, just a, a very pleasant um, smell of pine uh, that seems to emanate um, throughout the, the building. Um, you've arrived at watch um, just kind of at dusk. Um, uh, evening is 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 coming, and uh, the chance to actually get a, a good night's rest instead of kind of bunking down with with the carts is is what's in order. Um, also, now that you're out of kind of the wilds, um, a lot of these things that have been unspoken are starting to bubble to the surface, which is where we find ourselves today. So, um, having taken rooms um, in watch. Um, uh, Annan managed to really score some sick deals. Um, and, uh, you know, for old time's sake, uh, Dexter and Trax are doing an arm wrestling contest. Um, there's, um, a, a, a very kind of gregarious, um, uh, half orc, uh, manning the bar. Um, and she is inexplicably wearing like a princess cupcake level, like frilly pink dress. Um, and is is just over the moon about everything. Just very, very exuberant. Um, so uh, she set you up with your meals. Um, and you kind of have a few minutes uh, at the bar or you can turn in for the night. Uh, Quinny, you in particular um, have made a decision about something you would like to do tonight uh, that we, we discussed prior to the session. Um, but I'm curious, uh, Alan, Juniper, and Reginald, what you think you'd kind of be doing before bedding down for the night. I think Reginald would wait to see if anybody else had something they were going to say before he dived in. <laughs> or as I like to call it, the coward principle. <laughs> Quinny's Quinny's just, uh, I think, uh, I, I think, I think Quinny has been sitting in like an uncomfortable silence at the table and he just downs his mug of mead, slams on the table, leaves a couple coins and he says, I'm turning in. Uh, and he'll, uh, he'll leave the table. Well, then, before you go, my friend, I I hate to do this, but I really have no idea where we're going, and I don't believe anyone does, so perhaps we should sit down and try to hash this out. I've seen a number of priorities from conversations we've been having, and I think you could come up with a pretty excellent direction for us if we laid out a couple of options for you. Right. Well, why don't you work on those options, and I'll decide on them in the morning. Well, I mean, we've been walking for like four days, so I've really got them nailed down. There's a few, because, I mean, you really hate this Merle Street person, so 
vengeance, if that's distracting you. Yeah. Uh, we have to kill the one of many faces, which we don't know how to do, so we could look into how to do that. And I mean, that's sort of a both of us problem. Uh, we've got that planteer ring, and the planteers are trying to kill everybody with that weird captain guy who's looking for knockoff me. Who has uh, the ring right now? Alan has the ring right now, right? Yeah, yeah, Alan's yeah, right. got the ring. What? Uh, what are you talking about? There's no ring here. <laughs> Alan has the planteer's ring, and I'm worried it's affecting her memory. Uh, <laughs> lastly, uh, the fries, whoever those people were, they were also trying to kill you. And I assume me because I look like one of you. This is an incredibly unfortunate world in terms of me. Um, so they're bad, but theoretically vaguely bad. So it's sort of like Merle Streep, Many Faces, Captain Plantier seem like our big three. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Alan? Uh, definitely the captain. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, he... Merle, sure, but like... No, yeah, I, I know. That's more a me thing than like let's let's be real. If we if we don't we don't have time <sighs> yeah. to you know writing every single wrong against us. Unfortunately, no. I, uh, look, uh, if the rumors that we heard about you know Fandolin are true from uh, Butthole or, or, or Farthole, um, then yeah, he's the biggest threat. I mean, we saw him. In the Oasis, he's he's more powerful than anyone we, we've ever faced before. Now, yeah. just to play daddy's advocate from the side here. So, I mean, one of the things that's also worth thinking about, though, is like you're the you're the king, you're the the top general here, and if this Merle Street thing's going to distract you, it might actually make you make a worse decision in terms of the planet. Like, do we need to do it first just to make sure that you're kind of flush? I I don't know. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna sleep on it, and then Quinny like leaves. Gotcha. So with the decision to sleep on it, consider the options, and determine what to do in the morning, um, Quinny takes his leave at the table. Um, you get the sense that he's distracted by something. You're not entirely sure what. Um, could be Moral Streep. It could be uh, other affairs. You're not quite certain. Uh, Reginald and Alan and Juniper. Is there anything else you do before bed? Um, I, I think Jun- Juniper, she's, she's still feeling like the odd person out here. Um, especially cause like everyone just like went on an adventure without her. <laughs> she's kind of left out. Um, I, I'm trying to think if anyone would have told her about Avalon Riker. I guess she, she overheard that, didn't she? She would have overheard that conversation. Cause I think, um, that happened before. The bachelor I mean, party kicked off. Conceivably, Alan, like she could have asked Alan at some point as well. Yeah. Like, you, you have been traveling for a couple days now. I would also yeah. say if Juniper was feeling left out, Reginald would instinctively try to like create a friendship slash establish himself as a vague authority figure because that's sort of where he exists. So he'd be like, <laughs> buddy, buddy. He would have relayed a lot of info. He'd try to make sure she felt included because I think he ends up being a a semi-good general sometimes solely based on, well, if she likes me, she's more likely to jump in front of a sword for me. So I, everyone's got to like me. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, why do she you wouldn't know that, Laura? but... Um, so I just... Uh, Juniper would be very much putting forth the idea of finding Avalon because, I mean, 
ultimately we got to stop the great collide. And he's like our closest lead really on what's going down with that shebang. And given that it's kind of like her purpose in life, um, <laughs> she's all for that. Great. So we'll say that um, she mentioned that to Quinny as well during the the, yeah. the kind of yeah. priorities conversation. So that's in in his thinking um, yeah. as, as he tries to figure out kind of what, what the next step might be. Uh, cool. Um, so with that, um, the uh, the party uh, turns in for the night. Um, there's uh, there's still some some kind of raucous uh, stuff going on downstairs, but uh, at this point, you've all been through enough that uh, a dry place with a warm bed is trumps any amount of noise. Um, Quinny, uh, it isn't long into the evening um, before uh, you hear Reginald kind of tromp into his room close the door and, and go to sleep. Um, how long do you wait? Um, uh, I think, I think I try to fall asleep first. I think mm-hmm. when he tries to be like, you know what? Don't like, like don't, don't make things worse the way you, you tend to, but he just can't get to sleep. And so I think he's just lying in his bed, staring at the ceiling. And he's finally like, Nope, I got to get up. I got to do it. Uh, okay. And I'll, uh, I'll go to the door. Great. I'll go to the window. Do you want to roll me a stealth check, please? Yeah. Uh, Ryan, can you? what's your passive perception? My passive perception is nine. He's literally the least <laughs> observant man you can be. Okay, it's at so minus one. Quinny, you can wear a jangly coat of wind chimes, and you will Perfect. still pass this check. Just don't okay. roll one. Yeah, he's pretty sure Juniper will keep him alive. <laughs> oh, I rolled an eight plus 13. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Um, yeah, so with your coat of many wind chimes, you uh, stealth around to, um, uh, uh, and in through Reginald's window. Uh, Ryan, how's Reginald sleep? Uh, I think it's kind of 50-50 on any given night. He either sleeps like a baby or it's endless nightmares, and it's never <laughs> in between. So it's either great comfort or horror, like okay. most of his life. Well, let's say, let's say it's a comfort night then, um, and you're, oh, he's stretched out. Uh, across the bed. Uh, um, does he have like pajamas? What's his, his, does he sleep naked? Like what's his deal? I feel like he's actually padded the inside of his armor so that he can sleep in it because he's probably had so Ooh. many other generals try to stab him or mm-hmm. take his job while killing him that he's in a pile of blankets. Like it looks like just a mound of blankets, but under it is just a man in plate mail that no sword stab could hit. Is right. he just sweating in those bed sheets? Is oh, he yeah. <laughs> he, he, Ooh, that's going to be stanky. It's going to be a bad day to- for the maid. He says he's yeah. taking a bath every morning. He also has to do that in the full armor. <laughs> oh my god, that's a that's a stressful morning for anyone. Um, Quinny, <laughs> you find Reginald uh, asleep this way. Okay, um, I take out some rope and I lash him to his bed, <laughs> uh, tying a, a special uh, knot that thieves. Um, know how to use basically varying kinds of different knots and stuff like that um uh and um i I set the knot i make sure it's it's good and 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 tight just so like can restrict his movement Mm -hmm. uh and then i'll um i'll even put like a a, a, i'll 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 like flick his nose with like a gag basically (laughs) ready to go around his mouth just for him to wake up so i can have him open his mouth and i'll just gag him 
Okay, that all happens. Um, <laughs> okay. Reginald, um, I think as soon as you feel the the ropes, you have a second of like just opening your eye at the sliver. And when you see it's Quinny, uh, I think you just kind of opt to let him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'd let, let this the, play out. Let this ride, yeah. Um, and then uh, sure enough, you, 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 you know, he flicks your nose, uh, your mouth falls open. Uh, Quinny, what do you do? I uh, just quickly reach, reach, reach around and, and, and tie tie the gag in place and just make sure that's secure. Uh, and while I'm doing that, I'm just kind of saying like, hey, look, I've got some stuff to say to you and you're a real talker and I just need to make, I just need to speak my piece and, and, and not be interrupted and not really have a conversation, if that makes any sense. I've just got some stuff to say to you. Uh, so I just finished tying the knot and I, and I, I like make sure that like the pillow's comfy behind his head and stuff like yep. that. Like there's, there's def- obvious, there's very, very clear and obvious menace to what he's doing, tying someone to their bed against their will and gagging them. But at the same time, he's trying to basically make it as like cordial as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and Quinny will, will say basically, um, I want, I want to talk about, uh, the bachelor party. Um, uh, it's so a couple of things that I feel like I we kind of left hanging there because bigger things were going on, you know, between Alan and, and Mudbutt and and the arrival of Captain Palantir. So I'm just going to play a real quick game with you, um, one that you taught me actually: two truths and a lie. Um, if you remember, we we had a, a fun time doing that. Um, so um, here are the three statements, and I want you to f- you'll, you'll you'll get your chance to kind of figure out which one which ones are true and which one is the lie. Uh, number one. You are a coward, uh, and your actions at the Oasis with the contract prove that I was right not to trust you. Number two, I'm going to kill you if you endanger my friends or my kingdom with your reckless and selfish actions again. And number three, I know you're scared, and you feel alone, and that you can't truly depend on anyone without feeling like you're completely exposed and that you need an escape plan for any and all situations. You don't need an escape plan. You're getting in your own way. You're getting in the way of your own success. And the reason I know this kind of stuff is because, believe it or not, I have been in your shoes where I was welcomed into a group and I did not trust them. And I didn't feel trusted, and I'm going to tell you where I went wrong. It took me a long time to learn this. Trust needs to be earned. It's not just owed to you automatically. Especially with a group like this who has been together for a long time, and you're the new face, and also the face of one of our killers. So I'm just telling you that because I've made a lot of mistakes, and you're with us now, whether I like it or not because of that damned contract. And so I, w- I want to see you succeed. I want to see you do well with the group. And I think right now you're doing things to really kind of get in your own way of doing that. Um, I think that's everything. Oh, and you talk too much for someone who can't lie. You gotta, if you, if you can't lie, you gotta, you gotta play close to the chest by just lie of a mission. You gotta try that out. That's just a, an extra little tip there. Anyway, uh, this is a knot that I've tied here. Um, it's a uh, special knot for when you want to fake being captured. Um, you can actually struggle out of this knot. Um, you just kind of need to, to uh, move your shoulders, um, and it'll basically worry it out. Uh, it takes about ten minutes. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go, 
you can you can get yourself out of there, uh, and I will see you in the morning. All right. Good night, buddy. And I'll just give him a little pat on the head and uh, climb cool. back out the window. Tom, mm-hmm. I would like to summon my pacted sword uh, and teleport out of the <laughs> the ropes in front of him at the window. I don't need to hit him with any of it. I just want to use the teleport <laughs> to escape. The teleport comes with an explosion. Well, I don't know that, so <laughs> I teleport. Oh, shit. Bam. Uh, okay, so you draw the packed blade out of your hand, um, and uh, just with as much kind of like <laughs> you can't, you don't have a lot of uh, room to move there. So it's kind of like a, eh. um, <laughs> and uh, the sword um, uh, flies true, um, even though you, you you threw it with little to no um, gusto. Um, and uh, there is a uh, a blast of. Uh, necrotic energy around you uh, as you appear in front of Quinny. Cool. I do. No, we're, we're going to skip the damage. I'm giving you this as a freebie because I don't want you to blow up the fucking town. <laughs> <laughs> I do look over Christ. and you have fucked up the bed a bit. And it's yeah. like, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's swirling shit. Like, these rooms, dude. It's the classic like wind papers are everywhere kind so of like, thing. What happened happen? with the cold open for the campaign? Well, they blew up a town. So it's that now. Just throw this book out. It's fine. Uh, yeah, so you appear in front of Quinny. What do you do? Okay. So first of all, you didn't play the game. You didn't say which one was true and which one was a lie, and several of them gave conflicting advice. And second of all, tying me up as a sign that I should trust you is really confusing. And third of all, I would argue I'm not even a coward. I just actually say what everyone else is thinking, and they don't say it, so they seem braver than me, but they think about it all. I just tell you stuff so you can get ready. It is wild that I went to all the trouble to shutting you up so I could talk to you and you still figure out how to talk back. I should have written a letter. I should. I, I overthought this. I should have written you a letter. Uh, or and you could have said, hey, could we just talk for a minute? It's not talking, though. It's just this is what I have to say to you. And I don't want the feedback. And that's when you hear the first scream. Um, Alan, um, you are settling in, uh, for the night. I, I think, uh, you and Juniper are sharing a room, um, just cause there's, uh, a lack of, uh, of rooms and the two of you are, uh, both live in the same player's head. So it just makes my life That's easier. <laughs> um, so, uh, you're both kind of settling in for the night. Um, Juniper is, uh, sort of anxiously considering, uh, the great collide and all that. Um, and Alan, uh, you're kind of wrestling with the very real possibility that uh, you might have to confront your father again, um, which uh, has you thinking uh, about uh, your mother and everything you just went through, um, about Mudbutt, uh, your new dad, um, and uh, also uh, about Bryn. Um, and as you're you're kind of cycling through these thoughts, uh, it's almost like uh, you can see her outside your window. Uh, just like kind of the the first time you you chased her out onto a rooftop and you both fell and I think in a, in in memory it's very like adorable kind of like family reunion meet cute when in actual fact it was like really messy and involved a lot of swearing. Yeah. Um, but then as you kind of narrow your eyes, you realize that no, you can literally see Bryn outside your window, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you're two stories up. Um. And that's when Bryn begins to pound on the windowsill. Let me in. <laughs> Jesus, I um, 
I have benign transposition, switch places, and Misty step back into the room. Uh, okay, wait. Sorry. What? You, you, you're doing what I did, which was I could have written a letter, and you could have just opened the window. Yeah, so you, yeah. you, you switch <laughs> places with her and then teleport back in? Is that what you're trying to do? I don't understand what you're trying yeah. to do. Sorry. She okay. wanted she wanted to come in. So I just swapped places with her. Um you feel excruciating agony. Uh you take um the fuck? Uh You've 14 points of damage um as both you and Bryn um scream uh and then you misty fall back into the room um with her still floating outside. And I run to the window, like stagger to the window, I should say. Just open the window and invite me in, please. (laughs) Yeah, Juniper just like opens the window confusedly as as Alan is teleporting around. All right, you want to come in? Yes, can you invite me in? What do you mean invite? Why the the fuck do you need need to be invited in? I need you to ask me to come in. Okay, can you come in? Please come in? I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. So, Bryn, uh, you you drift in through the window um, and uh, what the shit kind of, is the drifting? Uh, drift drift to the ground. Um, Alan, uh, Bryn is wearing um, similar clothes to kind of what you recognize as as these skilled um, sort of infiltration gear, um, but they're pretty ragged. Um, looks like she's been wearing this uh, the suit for a while. The classic kind of like tightly bound to the skin kind of uh, infiltration suit. Um, she has an unfamiliar uh, Thieves Guild marking um, that uh, doesn't um, sync up with uh, what you remember of um, the guild uh, and the, Jesus, can't even remember, the Wanderers, I believe we called them. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a Wanderers uh, icon. It's close, uh, but strange. Um, and uh, perhaps uh, strangest of all, um, you notice two things. One, she's floating. Um, and two, her ears seem to be rounded rather than slightly pointed, as you recall. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs and it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Hi, friends. It's me, Butthole. 
and I'm here to talk to you about how you can join some kind of Discord thing where you can talk with me and with Queenie and with Alan and with all of the other friends. There are even like Prince Mudbutt's there and a bunch of other people. All you have to do is apparently become a patron of our ear plays for one dollar. If you just do it one time, I mean, you should do more. Everyone's got a chip in at the fortress, but if you just do that one time, then you get to join a patron-only exclusive Discord forever, plus you get pre-session chats and DM chats at the end of every arc of some show called Dum Dums and Dragons. They tell me it's related to me somehow, but I'm not really sure, so patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. And if you pay that dollar to join that discord you get a chance for me to say hello new friend to you oh okay um so a couple questions um where have you been because no one's seen you for a really long time um, what's with the floating? What's with the ears? Um, are you even Bryn? So I'm guessing you're Alan. Oh, shit. I just look over to Juniper. <laughs> Juniper's like, I, uh, I think, uh, I think she might be, uh, collided. <laughs> and Alan's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm, yeah, I'm Alan. Okay, so I, clearly you can tell, I don't know you, (laughs) Um, but my name is Bryn, um, and I was trapped with another one. I I can only assume to be your Bryn, in um, a town called Barovia, and she is in danger. Barovia? And it's, it's really, really... It's it's too late for me, but you can save her. What do, you, what do you mean too late for you? That's when you hear screams. Uh, so syncing our timelines up, everybody please roll me initiative. <gasps> and then give me the numbers. 23 for Quinny. Six for Reginald. 10 for Alan, 16 for Juniper. I mean, it makes sense because Quinny would have already been leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in the middle of berating Quinny being like, first of all, you could have just pulled me aside and Quinny's like, gone. Yeah, you're just like, should have written a letter. Bam, out the door. Uh, yeah. And Bryn, what'd you get? Uh, 19. 19, great. Uh, okay. Uh, top of the round, Quinny. Um, you hear uh, a crash of glass from downstairs um, and um, screams. What do you do? <coughs> Um, I'll, uh, I'll run to the door of, uh, Reginald's room, um, mm-hmm. and I'll, uh, just crack it open a little bit. What can I see? Um, down the hallway, you can see, um, people kind of rushing out into the hall, um, to see what's going on. The commotion seems to be coming from the main hall downstairs. Up okay, here, it's then. everyone doing that classic, like, er, literally everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's You're doing just doing, in, yeah. in various degrees of, of terror. And you said we're on the second floor with these rooms, right? That's correct. Do I have... Um, is there like a banister or anything like that, like overlooking the main room? Uh, there is a stairwell, um, kind of, think of it almost like a motel. So there's a really, really long, um, hallway oh, okay. full of rooms. Okay. And then there's one stairwell kind of at the center. 
Okay, so uh, I have to go to the stairwell down. to get down then. So I'll go there. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run the whole way there. Okay, so, uh, and you're going down the stairs or you're just peeking, peeking down? Peeking, I guess, to cool. start. So um, as you look down the stairs, um, you can see um, in, in the flickering light of the, the hearth fire, um, there seem to be, uh, uh, there seems to be a brawl. Um, the walls are soaked in blood. Oh. Um, the uh, half-orc in the nice dress is, uh, she's got a battle axe in each hand. Um, and she seems to be kind of um, facing off uh, against a uh, a creature wearing um, what seems to be like courtly garb, so like fancy court of King Louis kind of bullshit uh, with frills and the like, um, but whose skin is this kind of sickly pale gray um, and uh, who is bearing fangs, um, which you uh, quickly identify as vampiric. Uh, and it would seem that there were three of these creatures just fucking um, ripping people up. Uh, and the one that's facing off against um, the bartender, whose name is um, uh, Frigeria Hibisca. Um, uh, the um, vampire keeps yelling, where is she? Um, and uh, taking swinging strikes. There are three of these yeah. beasties. Um, okay, uh, I'll, um, uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll summon out Frostbite mm-hmm. into my hand and uh, just yell out, um, "Hey, break it up! This is a <laughs> this is a family establishment." Hibiscus like, that's what I've been saying! And then she swings both axes. <laughs> yeah. Um They're not they're not letting up at all. They're No, they're they're not that. they're not scared of the halfling with the shiny sword. Well, they're about to be. Um <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously I'm with Hibisca. She's been serving us drinks and has just been a goddamn delight all Truly. evening. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, I'm gonna um uh I'm gonna try something uh new. Uh it's a new spell that I have. Uh, I'm going to cast uh, command um, on one of the uh, one of the vampires. Uh, you speak a one-word command to a creature you can see within range. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or follow the command. So it needs to beat a 15. Uh, I rolled a nine. So okay, um, I just say uh, um, betray to hopefully add. One to our side temporarily. <laughs> Turns around um, and just says, Clarence, I never cared for you in blue. Um, and uh, Clarence uh, bellows in rage and leaps at him. And they do that stupid thing from True Blood where they just hover above the ground for a minute being like, ah! And then they uh, smash into each other. <laughs> um, cool. So two of them are fighting each other. Uh, Bryn, you're next up. Um, you... Unlike these guys, know that um, when you escaped from Castle uh, Ravenloft, uh, you were pursued by uh, uh, vampiric thralls. Um, so you you know exactly what's going on down here. I will say, though, that on your initiative order, um, your mission isn't necessarily to stop these vampires so much as it is to get the information to the dum-dums. So mm-hmm. I'll leave it up to you what you choose to do. What time is it? It's uh, the, the, the night has progressed. Um, so dawn is coming, um, rather quickly, um, but it is not yet here. It's kind of like, um, 
Remember the reverse of dusky. <laughs> so um, you can see light that's on the horizon, that's, but that's the sun dawn. is not yet. That's risen. dawn. <laughs> Great. So dawn. It's almost dawn. Okay. But dawn how much five. How much time do I have till dawn? <laughs> not not a whole lot. Uh, this is this is a real classic end of a movie. Like sun sun is rising. You don't have much time. Okay. So I think. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Alan as quickly as I can and explain mm-hmm. where what they need to do. So Alan, listen, you need to listen really carefully and really quickly to me. All of you are in, in very severe danger because of me and I will fix it. You just need to go find your Bryn. You need to seek out a Vistani caravan and they're going to help you sneak into Barovia and help save Bryn. Do you, do you well, understand? Well, yeah. What direction? The caravans um, rove, um, so it's the kind of thing you would probably ask um, uh, Frigaria. The problem with Barovia, and I think um, Bryn would be able to quickly explain this, is it doesn't exactly exist the way most places exist. So um, you'll you'll basically need the Vistani to find it, let alone enter it. Okay, I, I mean, what what are we facing there? I can't go into details right now. You're in a lot of danger. You hear that? You hear those screams? So listen, here's what I need I mean, you to do. In that time, you could have given me like, I don't know, like a lich, like a bunch of orcs. Like, Jesus, come on. Here's what I need. Here's what I need you to do. You need to go down and help fight these creatures. When it seems like Dawn is about to come up, you need to come back into this room with and open the windows with me and the other three beings in it. You can open the curtains for me. Jesus. Okay. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do it. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, with that, um, uh, Bryn, you begin to prepare. I think we'll say you spend the time um, trapping the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so setting up um, sort of like snares and that sort of thing. So that when they do drag the vamps in, um, they, they will be restrained. Uh, but the last thing, um, Bryn, that you... Uh, no, we'll, we'll do that later, actually. Um, great. So uh, that brings us to Juniper. Uh, Juniper, you've seen this this go down. Um, you see um, Bryn begin to set traps in the room. Can you roll me a perception check, please? Uh, Juniper? Yep. Uh, nat one. Cool. Uh, Bryn seems like a cool lady. Nothing <laughs> untoward that you notice. Um, great. Yeah, what, a, uh, what, a, what, a, what a neat, what a neat what, gal. What, what do you do? Um, I'm just like, well, Alan seems to be going along with this, so let's round up some fucking things downstairs. <laughs> she, she just like. She just opens the door and, like, right. runs down the hall. So um, you arrive to see two vampires fighting. Um, uh, uh, Hibisca is, like, wailing on one of them who's turned away um, from her. Uh, and you see kind of Quinny at the top of the stairs. Um, there's one more vampire who's closing in on a table um, with uh, a couple of elves and gnomes uh, who are cowering behind a flipped-over um, tavern table. Mm-hmm. Um. I would like to go for the one that's uh, the one on its own. Okay, because great. Uh, so you rush what up to it. What an asshole. Yeah, truly. You know? uh, what do you do? Um, I am going to, um, I'm just going to try to do like two quick strikes with my blade of walls. 
Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll. Um, and Miles, if you could please roll me a, a sleight of hand check uh, for setting up the traps. Cool. That's a 26 and a 25 to hit. Those will both hit. Yay. That's a, that's a, a 19. Great. Okay. Very good. Um, so you work quickly. Um, it's just a st- like, it's nice to be able to trap a room when the, there's a time limit, but there's also no one in here with you. Normally you have to do this shit while people are attacking you. And it's really nice to just be able to kind of do it on your own. Um, uh, Juniper, go ahead and roll your damage, please. Okay. So that is, uh, the first hit is 10, fuck, 10 slashing damage plus uh, one radiant damage. And the second is, fuck, uh, six slashing damage plus three radiant damage. Okay, great. I have improved Divine Smite. Very nice. Uh, the radiant <laughs> damage all my is melee hits get Divine super Smite. effective. Um, cool. Yes. Um, Alan. Um... Yeah, Alan has like a moment of just like hesitation Mm -hmm. and just like, fuck, there's nothing else I can do. Like, shit, I I guess get the stupid vampires in and runs after Juniper. Great. (laughs) So you arrive to the same scene. Juniper is wailing on the singular vampire two are fighting each other with hibisco raining blows from behind. Um. I am going to, uh, whichever one is closest to me, which I think is closest to Quinny, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to shoot um, a bunch of magic missiles at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how many. Let's just throw six magic missiles Only? at it. Yeah. <laughs> Only six. Only six. Alan's on a magical diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's four. Four plus four plus five. Thirteen plus three. Six, uh, Sixteen. Eighteen. That's twenty-two force damage. Great. Um, vampires looking... Uh, both those vampires are looking slightly dazed. Um, Reginald. Cool. Reginald's hearing like a war breakout. So I think uh, he's going to grab one of the gems out of his pocket and just crack it open and snort all the shit in, like all the smoke mm-hmm. that comes out. Uh, and then his features just grow more bestial. Like, Quinny, you saw that before in the battle behind the stage. So he's just more lupine. He's got like sharp teeth and shit. Uh, and then basically he's just going to storm out of the room ready to fight whoever the bad guys are because he hasn't been out the door yet. So he's just booking it for the lobby. Great. So you arrive to the scene I've described twice. <laughs> Beautiful. I agree. Uh, he will, because um, he knows Juniper, he'll join the fight with Juniper. Because A, okay. putting one down makes the most sense. And B, he doesn't want to fight anything alone if he doesn't know how, t- how tough it is. Um, so he will dash in and start swinging away with his hammer. Okay. Go for it. Does he have advantage because they're already engaged? Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So the first attack is a 21 to hit. Yep. Beautiful. And that will do... Uh, that 
is 11 regular damage and 7 fire damage. And he will go with that second attack, baby. He's a, he's a monster. Go for it. Uh, and that one's a 15 to hit. Uh, yep. Right on the nose. Beautiful. And that one does... It's a weird world because I'm fighting two-handed, so I get re-rolls if the die is super terrible. Okay, beautiful. That is nine regular damage and nine fire damage. And because he is in an animal form, he's just almost a Tasmanian devil with the speed of his movement. He gets a third bonus attack. Um, okay. Which comes to... That is an 18 to hit, which yep. will hit because we've already been over that. And that does... Uh, that is seven regular damage and eleven fire damage from that attack. Is great. Yeah, so that, so the vampire attacks. Vampire's still up, but um, is uh, it, like the equivalent of vampirically unconscious, like just kind of stumbling around um, on fire, um, <laughs> like minorly on fire, um, but uh, definitely dazed enough that uh, Juniper, you feel like you could probably um, grapple it and drag it up to the trap room. Excellent. Cool. So um, Juniper will say that's your your next action. I'm going to take you out of initiative order as you kind of take that vamp off the board. Um, Great. Uh, Vamps. So they're attacking each other. Um, They both hit. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Yeah, You guys can all go home. I'm just going to roll dice against myself. It's just a a one. It's a solo game now. It's like masturbation, but with dice. Um, all right. Uh, oh, fuck. Nice. That is max damage on one and almost max damage on the other. So, um, they are, they are ripping each other up, uh, pretty good. Um, neither of them sparkle. It's disappointing for all involved. Um, <clears throat> great. So they're looking a little wobbly. Um, Quinny, top of the round. Uh, your two vamps are still smacking each other around. What do you do? Uh, I kind of, I guess, like, get out of the way on the stairs as, like, Juniper drags one up. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? She's like, bring them up. Bring them all up. Up to the room. Up to our room. <laughs> Quinny, like, is like, well, I'm not doing that. And I'll just, like, run down and stab one of them in the back. Okay. So you're Alan like, you idiot! Bring them upstairs! Uh, Bryn, what do you yell from upstairs? Bring them upstairs! <laughs> no! <laughs> also, Quiddy, you're pretty sure you heard Bryn yell something, and that's just straight up oh. bizarre. Yeah, I think when he's like, no, wait, wait, wait a second, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, 18 uh, plus, some, plus some numbers. It's uh, cool. The 18, 18's good enough for okay. me. Anytime I can <laughs> remove math numbers. from the world, I will do it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> Wanda Maximoff, no more math. <laughs> Let me know if I'm correct in assuming no. that I have a sneak attack on the two guys fighting each other. You do indeed. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I'm putting my dice together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, eight, 12, 17, 20 to 26 damage. Cool. So similarly, it, um, kind of stumbles to the ground, um, down, kind of to one knee, 
um, like it's a hero in Battlefront who's been defeated because they can't show Star Wars characters dying. Um, <laughs> so chest heaving, um, just kind of stunned with with your blade uh, in its back. Um, I would say they're too big for you to drag. Uh, well, but yeah, Re- uh, yeah. Reginald could grab this one. Reginald, do you think you would you would go ahead and do that? Yeah, if that's the plan, done. Also, right. internally, he knows this gets him away from the other vampire who's still attacking. So it's a great move for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the coward's way out, but different. Uh, great. So you uh, you grab him, throw him over your shoulder, and start to run up the stairs. Uh, meaning there's just one left, uh, which brings us to um, Bryn. Uh, I think I'm probably going to drop you off the initiative order as well, Miles, simply because I think at this point it's kind of like... Again, very rarely do you get to, like, spring traps by pushing people directly into them. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, like, oh, I hope they step through this tripwire. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> um, so, it. yeah, exactly. So um, you quickly um, rig them up. Uh, you notice there's one missing, though. Um, and sure enough, you can start to see a, a, a glimpse of the sun uh, on the horizon. Um, do you, What do you yell to the people still downstairs? You need to hurry this up. We've only got a few more minutes. Um, great. Uh, Alan, you're, you and Quinn, you're the only two people still downstairs. You're facing off against a vampire who is admittedly pretty fucked up. What do you do? Um, <laughs> I think Alan just kind of wants to like, these aren't like floating vampires like Bryn, right? Like we're making like contact with them and everything, right? Yeah, you, you can attack them. They're not made of mist. Yeah. Um, My sword would be to get on him. Alan is just like, she's just like really confused and like angry. And there's just like a lot of motions going on. So I think just for a moment, like she feels a gust of wind and just rage, rage punches the vampire so that they can stun him and haul him out. Sure. So what could go wrong when the wizard gets punched? Right. Uh, this 19 to hit. Uh, I mean, actually, yeah. Cool. That's a good start. Um, shit. What am I rolling with for damage? I don't have this. For the fist, it's, it's 1d4. Oh, that's it? Oh, fuck You're just me. punching. You're an untrained person throwing a punch. Yeah. But I'm so ragey. Oh, at least it's a four, so six. <laughs> You did better than anyone anticipated. (laughs) This is true. Um, All right. So, yeah, you clock. um, I think just with, like, uh, the the rage of of Mudbutt um, running through your your veins, um, uh, your hair spikes uh, Super Saiyan style, as we've established, is the way of this. Um, And uh, I think it's the... um, uh, the patented Roman Reigns Superman punch where you just run up and like jump through the air and punch him in the face. Uh, it looks more impressive <laughs> yes. than it is effective, uh, largely because like you, you don't have any of the weight of actually like throwing a punch. You just kind of fly through the air and hit. Um, but uh, as, as you do, you you just hear an uh, from your, uh, your Richard punch. Um, it's not quite a falcon punch, but you, you get where I'm going. <laughs> oh, and um, you uh, you clock the vampire, uh, and he goes down. So between um, Quinny and you, uh, you're doing an awkward hiding a body run uh, up the stairs. 
Um, Bryn, the final vampire has entered the room uh, and the sun is beginning to rise. Um, what do you say to the now collected people? Quinny, uh, you enter the room and see um, Bryn, um, but uh, you immediately notice uh, that her teeth are jagged uh, fangs. Um, and uh, Yeah, immediately it's just, uh, Bryn, what's going on? Alan will explain everything. Please, please save her. Alan, can you open the window? Open the curtains, please. Um, and Alan just says, nobody ever fucking explains enough and just marches over to the window, the windows and throws the curtains open. Um, and as the sunlight uh, begins to, to shine through from the first rays of dawn, uh, the vampires begin to burn uh, in their traps and, uh, Bryn's skin begins to crisp, um, flake and fall away. And, uh, you actually see, um, a smile of contentment as she greets the sun. Um, and there's a, there's a, almost a sigh of relief. Uh, and, and she turns just as the fire consumes her, um, and says one final thing. She says, you must kill the vampire Strahd. And with that, Bryn burns to ash. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and RDM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash Dumb Dumb Dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. What kind of woman becomes a pirate? From the makers of Mockery Manor. Violent, insane, not at all comely, and they smell like a couple of dead badgers preserved in cheap rum. Comes an adventure on the high seas. Will you pay extra if I push a little harder? No, 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 please. I'm just a writer. I'm writing a book and I would like you to be in it. Inspired by the lives and loves of the pirates Anne Bonny and Mary Reed. You think you know me, Anne? Do you think I never got my hands dirty? Your mind's been so twisted, you think pirates deserve mercy. Did either of you ever meet Blackbeard? Everyone loves a rebel. They love to see him swing, too. Put your weapons away, both of you. Stop it! Read! Read! Oh, Anne and Mary! Fight like me!
or you'll hang like dogs. Starring Christina Bianco, Suze Kempner, Hamilton's Carl Queensborough and more. Do they have tails? Somebody told me they have tails. Oh, I haven't seen a tail, your ladyship. The Ballad of Anne and Mary. Available now wherever you get podcasts.